Welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you here on this Saturday morning as we remember once again a person in our community who was very instrumental in things in the education world and how they shaped what happens today. With me this morning, I have Frank Cannon Jr. Now, we're going to talk about the Cannon family, in particular his dad, Frank Cannon Sr. Good morning, Frank. Glad you're here. Good morning. Glad to be here. We are going to talk about not only your dad, but your whole family, but specifically about your dad because he was involved in the education system here in Jessamine County, most specifically prior to integration. So let's start with talking about how Frank Cannon Sr. came to be. Tell us where he was born and, and about his family growing up there. He was born here in Jessamine County, just north of Nicholasville, a place used to be called the Tollgate House. Yeah. It's probably uh, close to where the old Walmart used to be, just uh, this side of the McDowell farm. Uh, he went to school here in Nicholasville. He was uh, the second class to graduate from the high school once Nicholasville became, uh, Rosemont Dunbar became a four-year school. Now, let me stop you right there and let's explain where exactly at that time, because you're going back, what, what, you, how long ago oh, are we going? We're going back, way back, aren't back, we? Yeah, back to about the 30s. Yeah. Tell us where Rosemont Dunbar was located here in town and also explain that it wasn't always a high school. Right. Uh, Rosemont, as it is known now, the building, is at the end of East Chestnut Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be just a four uh, room building, then later was added on onto the west end of it was added uh, an auditorium mm-hmm. and uh, another couple of rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also the elementary and high school all combined as one. Initially, we just went up through the eighth grade. Then the children that wanted to finish high school had to go to Lexington to Dunbar High School okay. for their four-year uh, high school. But by the time he got to that point, the high school was here. Right, it was here. They had okay. uh, made it into a four-year high school. Okay. Do you remember, when did it change buildings? Because it came over on Maple Street eventually, Okay, all right. Uh, it initially... It was at the end of Chestnut Street. Right. It may have had a Maple Street address, but uh, later it moved across the road yeah. to what is now the school bus garage. Right. And right. I think Parks and Rec is there in the right. front and a school bus. So that was the second building. That was the second. Actually, that was the third building. Oh, really? we got to yes. go back even further. Yes, a little bit further. Initially, they had the uh, Rosemont Dunbar School on Chestnut. Then across the road was what they call the Bradley Building. Mm-hmm. It's a two-story brick building. I think it was probably two large rooms downstairs and upstairs uh, was once again two large classrooms plus a, uh, a library. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mid-50s, they built what is called now the Coolidge Building. Mm-hmm. So actually you have three different buildings. So the Bradley Building, is it still standing? Yes, it is. And also the one at the end of Chestnut is still standing? It's still standing. So all of those buildings, I guess, are still up and, and being used for something. Yes, they are. Since you mentioned buildings, there's one other building that is still standing. That's where Faulkner... Fane, yeah. Okay. That used to be our gymnasium. Real On that spot? That is the or, gymnasium. Or that is it. Right. Now, when you're looking at Faulkner and Fane, it's kind of L-shaped. Okay. It was, so you're talking about the one on the left? Uh, when you look at it, it was the the building that's, that runs lengthwise with... Uh, Maple Street. Really? Well, yes. I did not. And my dad used to own part of that. I should know that. He He's did? the Fane. Okay. In Faulkner That's Fane. Fane. That yes. was him. All right. So he sold out years ago. He was in partners with Jim Faulkner. But that was your old gym. Yes. Uh, that was the gymnasium. And we were fortunate because some, some other schools that were the colored schools then yeah. had no gymnasium. Yeah. 
uh, over at uh, Lancaster, Stanford. Yeah. Uh, even for sale. Wow. So yeah. you all were kind of ahead of the times. We were ahead of the times, yes. You thought. Yeah. Okay, so your dad, now he graduated in the building that is at the end of Chestnut. Right. So he got out of high school, decided to go to college. What, well, tell us about okay. that. Okay. He went to college then to Kentucky State College. Uh, that time, it was about, uh, so he finished up in 36, so he must have started there in 32 mm-hmm. for that fall semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finished there, then he worked to work in Louisville for a while at a foundry, but he worked down there until uh, late 1937. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to Nicholasville, uh, worked in insurance for a while, and then started teaching in 1942. Now, when he went to school, when he went to college, mm-hmm. did he go to be a teacher? What, what was he studying? Uh, he went in the education field. He majored in, uh, majored in math, minored in history. Yeah. Uh, so when he got out of school, he was qualified for teaching. Right. He just did not want to teach. Yeah, it took a while to get in the mood, I guess, if um, you will. His mother had to convince him that he needed to go back to college. Now, he got his A.B. degree from Kentucky State, from Kentucky State, State Frankfurt. Yes. But then when he went to U.K., he was kind of in a unique class. Yes, he was. U.K. at that time, when he went, when he went to Kentucky State, nationally, it was all segregated schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he went to the University of Kentucky, he was in the first group of graduate mm-hmm. students mm-hmm. To, uh, to attend U.K. Uh, he got his uh, master's at U.K., I believe, in... What was it, 52? Mm-hmm. Somewhere like it when he got his master's. He was in, in the, the second group that got that master's from UK. Mm-hmm. In 54, they opened up to undergraduate uh, students. Because mm-hmm. that's the year that I went in 54. So you both of you kind of a unique situation. There sort at of, the University yes. of Kentucky. And he graduated there. That was with his master's. And uh, he had a degree in, in school administration, I understand. Yes, he Now, did. he went on and did some more studying, too. That was He wasn't done with it then. Well, his studying that he had done pr- uh, prior to getting his master's at UK, he had also studied in Tuskegee, or I guess so I know he was there in, in 52, I know, because uh, I remember him being down there. Mm-hmm. So very yeah. fortunate in that he was able to get a good, yes. solid education. Very much, yes. Now, at what point, I know it was 1946, I think, but at the Rosenwald Dunbar, there was a gentleman that we understand named Mr. Caldwell. Right, Professor J.C. Caldwell. And he was... He was principal there for a long time. Yes, in fact, he was. was he principal when your dad was there? He was principal when my father was going to school. Yeah. And then uh, when my father started teaching at Rosenwald, mm-hmm. uh, Professor Caldwell was also there on up until 1946. So your dad started teaching at the school while Professor Caldwell was yes. principal. What subject did he teach? He taught math and science. But in 1946, things changed. Right. In 46, uh, Professor Ta- Caldwell retired from uh, from the school system, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, went on into what we call civilian life and enjoying life. Yeah. He uh, recommended my father as principal of the school. Wow. And I believe at that time, I believe Mr. Roland Roberts, I believe, was... Superintendent. superintendent then. Yeah. Uh, of course, when I finished in the 54, uh, Dr. Hager was the right. superintendent. Right, C.R. Hager had right. become superintendent. And he was there at the time of the uh, integration. Yes, he was. When Dr. Hager was. But your dad was principal prior to that. Now, how long was he at, at principal? He was principal for, I believe, 10 years from 46 through 56. And he, and he left, but not he didn't get out of the business. No, he did not get out of the teaching business. Mm-hmm. Uh, he accepted a job in Cincinnati at the well, Cincinnati area, Lincoln Heights Public Schools. Mm-hmm. He was principal there 
And then he moved from principal to superintendent of the Lincoln Heights Public Schools. Of the public schools. Yes. So he went right on up the ladder. Yes, he did. Now, did he maintain at that time? Did he leave Jessamyn County or did he maintain a home here? He how maintained did, a home here. He would yeah. come back here on weekends. Right. And he was up there how long? Oh, now that I don't know. I know he was there. He was there when I went in service in 60. Yeah. So uh, he was there probably six years, seven years, somewhere like that. Okay. Well, we've kind of established his his career, so to speak, and I want to fill in some some gaps in that career. At some point in time during his life, a female came in and caught his eye. Tell us about how he and your mother got together. My mother is from Breckenridge County, mm -hmm. and she went to Kentucky State for once she finished school at Hardingsburg, and my father met her there during their while they were in college. College. Yeah. Careers. Uh, he, they, he married in 1936. Yeah. And then she came to Nicholasville in 1937, mm -hmm. uh, the year of the Great Flood. Yeah. We call it the Great Flood. Yeah. And she stayed here. In fact, that, this became home to her. Right. Uh, she taught school in the Jessamine County school system. Really? How long did she teach? She taught until 1970. Now, what schools was she at? She started out teaching in a school called Little Zion. Yeah. Which is on Catnipeel Road. One room, I've heard of it. It was a one-room building where you taught, uh, I believe she had the first six grades. My dad went to one on up the road called Lyon School, mm -hmm. and I've heard him talk that, like you said, six grades, and they put the chairs in rows, and the first row was first grade, and right. when you graduated, you went to the next Second row, and on and, and on and on. Right. Oh, well, my mother did that. She also drove the school bus because she had to pick up the kids. Yeah. The school bus that we had at that time was, uh, for her, was a 1937 Ford bread truck. It painted it <laughs> yellow. Wow. Put two rails or two wood seats down on the side. Yeah. And that was, that was what she had to drive to pick up the kids with. Wow. So she'd pick them up in the morning time, the ones that lived over on uh, Brandon Road, Catnipeel Road, and some that lived in Keene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they all went to that little school at Cat on the Catnipeel Road. So back then when you were a teacher, you were a jack of all trades. You had to be. You had to yeah, be. You yeah. were the driver. You were the teacher. You were the nurse. And the janitor. You and were everything. Else. Everything. Yes, you yeah. were all of it. And your mom was one of those. Yes, because at school at that time, they had no indoor plumbing. Yeah. They had a spring at the back of the school, and that spring is still there now. And then uh, I believe, I don't know, if it, I forget the name of that road that turns right there on the corner mm -hmm. where the uh, school used to be. But the well or the spring is still there. Still there. there. The, some. the school building itself has just been moved about. Uh, Three or four hundred yards, and it is now a house. Huh. Well, it's good that the, somebody was able to preserve somebody. That. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, they're married, and and then they're going about their way and doing their job. And somewhere, the kids came along. Now, you guys started to come into the picture. Let's talk about you and siblings. Okay, I'm the oldest of of three. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a sister and one brother. Mm -hmm. Now, where are they? My sister is in, uh, I'm sorry, is in uh, Plainfield, Illinois. Once mm -hmm. uh, she finished uh, school, she also went to Kentucky State College, graduated there yeah. in uh, home economics. Mm -hmm. And she uh, taught in uh, the Joliet, Illinois uh, school system until she became supervisor and then a counselor. Uh, she got her doctorate and then shortly after that, she retired. So another teacher in the family. Yeah, another teacher. My brother. Lives in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's way, way, uh, way away from home. Uh, I'm the only one that's at home, actually. Yeah. Uh, he worked for Bell Telephone until he retired from yeah. then. And he's the youngest, you yes, said. Yes, he's the youngest. What kept you here? Now, you were a military man. Well, I know what that, kept but... me here was Uncle Sam because I got drafted in the <laughs> Army. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while we're on that, was your dad a veteran? 
No, no. But, but you got drafted. Right. And and let's talk about your life a little, because there's people around here who may not remember your dad, but they certainly know you. Oh, okay. I drove truck for a while for Ketchel Straws, for mm-hmm. Straws Trucking, mm-hmm. on up until 1960 when I got drafted, and mm-hmm. I had no choice but to go, because at that time, once your number came up, you went. You went. So um, I went to the Army and spent uh, 20 years, uh, 16 days. I'm proud of those 16 days. That's part of my life. So, so you didn't just go because they told you you liked it enough. You stayed. Well, I did. Things got better and better as, as I went. Right. I went to flight school in 1965. And uh, I flew until I got out of the Army in 1980. Wow. And one thing I'll brag on here, because back in May, you were named one of the living treasures in our county, which is a thing that the uh, Bridgepoint and... um Justin Journal does, and you were, I guess, quite shocked when they must have called you and told you. uh, uh, And I understand that because of uh, the news story that came on, that you are living right now on the same farm where you grew up. Yes. And have been there. How how long has it been in the family? Over a. It's over 100 years. Wow. Isn't that great? And we're gradually getting squeezed out by yeah. progress, I guess you but call it. But that's home. Yes, that is home. That's home. And that's on Catnip Hill. No, no, Nicholasville. Oh, it's on Nixville Road. Nixville I'm Road. sorry, near Catnip Hill. Well, Nixville Road. Now, is that where that you and your dad had the shop? Yes, my father had a shop when he was talking about teaching. Uh, during the off-season, uh, during the time between mm-hmm. uh, school uh, seasons, he had a repair shop. He did it just as a hobby to begin with. Yeah. And then the hobby became more or less work. Uh, he would work on that uh, on stuff that people had dropped off there for him to repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, home appliances, lawnmowers, rototillers, or lawn and garden equipment, stuff like that. During the uh, time that he would come home on the weekends and also during the summertime. Yeah. When he retired from teaching completely, then he opened that up as a full-time business. When I retired from service, it was a full-time business. Yeah. So you came back, helped him, and you and he had that, well, I guess Yes, it was died, well established right? when I came back in 1980. Right. Uh, I guess he had had it full-time probably for at least five or six years because when he came from Lincoln Heights, uh, Ohio, he worked with the uh, Fayette County Head Start mm-hmm. until... I don't know when he... It had to be the late 70s when he yeah. retired completely. He was that. ahead of that. When yes, he was ahead of Head Start program. The Head Start. Yes. So, boy, I tell you what, he really... He gave his he life... He kept to, active. He did, and he yes. gave his life to education, education in all ways. Yes. And and uh, But then fixed things and, and took care of people in other ways, too. And you, uh, getting back to you for a minute, you, you actually uh, retired from the military, and that's what brought you back home. Yes, I came back home... Uh, Actually, to, to help them out, they were getting up in age, mm-hmm. and I felt that it was time to put the military down and come back home to be with them because they needed us back here. Yeah, uh, Their health was a little bit worse than what we had anticipated yeah. it to be, but I came back and then I enjoyed working with him in the shop on him until he passed in 1988. One of the things that that is important to realize here, and we've talked about it already, is when your dad was was at Rosenwald Dunbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was prior to when the schools were integrated here right. in Jessamine County. He had, in fact, I guess he had already gone by the time that took place. But but he still was involved. He still was involved to a point in that process. Now, last night at the East-West game, there was some special awards given. And it's the first time that it's been done in our county. It's established by the Board of Education. And it's called the Jessamine County Athletic Achievement Award. And they had their inaugural class. And one of the five people that was inaugurated in that was Leonard Cavell. You remember 
remember him well. He yes, had, I do. I had him in yes, school too. And I know Mr. Gavell was very instrumental when when uh, when the integration took place of trying to to help bridge the gap between the communities. C.R. Hager was over here as superintendent, and, and Mr. Gavell, who I think probably, did he teach with your dad? or Yes, he taught under my father, I believe, one year. Yeah, and I know he coached at Dunbar, I think. Yes, he but, did. But it took people like that, because I would assume that in that those years, prior to my birth, but in those years from what I have studied, things weren't real smooth in in some communities and through the efforts of people like mr cavell and and even the groundwork that your dad laid down and mr hager that it it went a little smoother do you remember those years here in jessamine county and and kind of how it all happened when i went to the service in 1960 integration was taking place yeah uh, i was not a part of that as far as the school here in Nicholasville right. go because i had already finished uh, right. school here right. however my mother once they consolidated the schools and did away with the county school she taught here and then during the integration period she taught also mm-hmm. both at Nicholasville, uh what well, rosenwald then later at the elementary school in wilmore oh okay but uh as far as for me being involved in the integration part i, I, yeah. I was not do you remember your dad talking about it how, how it went? Because you were off the service I was out, and but, then uh, shortly after that, he went up into Ohio yeah. teaching. So he was not, once Once the integration got, uh, or, or say once Rosenwald Dunbar was integrated, mm-hmm. he was not here then. Yeah, so he kind of, it was before, it came after it him. It came after him. came yes. after him. Well, you know, your dad, we talked about, he spent all those years in, in, in the education. That wasn't all he did. You know, we're privileged to have some more information. He was involved in a lot of groups outside of his job. Uh, yes, he was. He was uh, definitely involved with the Retired Teachers mm-hmm. Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very active in it on up, until, on up until he got to the point where he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I understand that he was also in the, in the lodge? Yes, he was uh, in the Masonic Lodge, uh, uh, number 91. Uh, he was also the master at one time of the lodge. Yes, yeah. and of course his church. And the church, yes. He was yeah. definitely a strong pillar in the church. You know, uh, one of the things, it's probably a hard question for some people uh, when you're asked, when I've asked this in other programs, but how do you describe your dad? What kind of guy was he to you as far as if somebody had heard of Frank Canyon Sr. but really didn't know him, how would you describe him? Well, for one thing, he was uh, a good Christian man, a good father and businessman. He was definitely energetic. Mm-hmm. He was not one to sit down and wait for something to happen. He was out to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to help anybody at any time for anything. Uh, a lot of people call on him. Say, I thought he ought to take a rest sometime, but he just kept <laughs> going because someone needed help, and he was always there to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, just an all-around good person. Yeah. Very and how would you describe your mom? Mother was, I guess, the loving type, quiet. Mm-hmm. She was not uh, as active as my father was, mm-hmm. but uh, then again, everybody has their own ways. Yeah, that's right. Well, I know he he was well known around here. In fact, did he did he not serve on the school board? Yes, he did. And that was after he came back, I guess, from up north, yes, right? Yes, after he had retired, he served on the school board, just some kind of school board. He just couldn't get it out of his blood, could he? Couldn't get it out of his blood. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is, is that we have people like that, Frank. Yes, that that are that committed to make it. A life, and and of course, it was a way to to fund the family. It was, but that 
you know, what what do you think? What was the real reason that he enjoyed the education that like he did? I think the reason he enjoyed education is because he could see the results of what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, if you can see what you, the results of what you're doing, it encourages you to continue to to do it or to find better ways to make what you're doing more effective right. uh, in the community. Right. And he definitely loved education. Yeah. Uh, he was not one to, to sit around and watch someone not be able to improve their lifestyle. Right. And especially when he came to education. Yeah. Uh, if you help him, someone to understand something, even uh, not everyone can understand a book. Uh, they can understand something if you show it to them. Right. And he was eager to do that, to anything to help someone uh, along the way. You know, it's it's amazing effect that people can have. You, and, and you do something today, you may not think much about it, but you may be surprised in 20, 30 years what somebody might remember. About yeah, you will. And uh, you look back and uh, you can see that someone has an, had an impact in your life a far, far mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not have thought much about it then. Yeah. But later on, you can look back and say, that person gave me some guidance. Yeah, that's that right. off now. And, and there's probably people that, that you can remember like oh, that yes, in the I school can, system yes. that you had when you were young and, and going to those schools. Now, were you in Rosenwald when he was the principal? Yes. So, how, we, you know, how was that? How was it to have dad as, as that position for rough. a young man? <laughs> rough. I was told many times that I couldn't do some of the things that I would want to do because my father was <laughs> my father was principal and my mother was a teacher. Yeah. And I had set uh, an example for other students. Man, you couldn't get away from them, could you? I, I tried to, but I couldn't. <laughs> and especially one of my teachers, Ms. Catherine Hicks. Yeah. She was very, very, uh, very strict. But she also had an interest in students. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted each student to do their very best. And that included in discipline also. Sure, uh, sure. She wanted to make sure that what I did did not have a negative impact on other students. Right. Because just because I was the principal's son, and if I did something, someone else may think that they could do the same thing. Yeah. And uh, she said that I had to set the example. What would your mom and dad think about the way things are going now in education? They could look back if they were alive, they would look back and say that uh, things have definitely changed uh, for yeah. the good. Yeah. Everything that used to be pencil and paper and chalkboard is now on a computer screen mm-hmm. or an iPad or what have you mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the same thing about uh, the methods of, of teaching. They yeah. have changed drastically. Oh, gosh, yes. My uh, sister-in-law, when she first started teaching in Oklahoma, it almost drive, drove her crazy because everything was going to computers mm-hmm. and she was used to using a pencil and paper. Right. And writing on a chalkboard telling students about stuff. A few weeks ago, I had a fella talking about his four-year-old grandson. He said, I can't do anything on my phone. I gave it to him and let him do it. And I said, you know, that's good. Because in today's world, if he can know that at four years old, that's only going to help him. Right, they'll help him uh, because everything now is coming into the, it's the electronics generation. Yeah. Uh, nothing more manual stuff in right now. And your mom and dad would certainly be amazed if they could see They sure way. would be. Well, you know, the thing that I want to say in our closing minutes here is, is how much I appreciate the key contributions that your parents gave to Adjustment County. And, and uh, I know they did some things in other places, too, but they were they were us. They're home folk. Right. And and the work they did, then you would probably be amazed at the people uh, that you don't even know that had an, their life impacted by your mom and dad. Well, I meet a lot of people, and they 
They would tell me, you know, your mom had me as a student in the second, uh, third grade or mm-hmm. fourth grade, even at Wilmore or here in Nicholasville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they remember my, my father as being a, uh, a teacher mm-hmm. and how much they respected them as such as as persons and as professionals in their job and how much it has helped them out in their life it's got to make you feel good it it does it makes me feel good i wish i could have it seen him well and you know you did it in a different way because we have to thank you for your time serving in the u.s military and for what you did for our country because when somebody in the military uh does what they're supposed to do it benefits us all so we we you you have contributed in your way too and we appreciate that Frank. Well, you have to remember that the military is here to protect the civilians that's right and and we and to protect our education it all yes. works together it all works it? together yes it does right. well thanks for coming in and talking about your mom and dad and i know we have only touched on a few subjects but it's it's good for people who are not from here to learn about those people that that blaze the trail if you will and for those that are here to remember them and and the what good people they were thanks for being here thank you very much my thanks to frank for coming in and talking about his dad and his family and all that the cannon family meant to our county we remember a lot of great things about jessamine county we hope that you will join us again every saturday morning at 11 o'clock on all things jessamine here on jess fm 105.9